vaccinologist with Auckland University, Helen Patusis Harris. Uh, very good afternoon to you, Helen. Ah, kia ora. Kia ora. Hey, thank you again. We, we call on you regularly, I'm sure a number of people do. Well, I've heard you on a number of uh, outlets. So thanks for all your time, your wisdom, your expertise. It's greatly appreciated. I say that sincerely. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> right, so I don't know if you've seen Richard Preble's story in the Herald today. Um, and the reason we wanted to talk to you is often you see these theories bandied about, do this, the government should do this, do that. Why don't they do that? And we're all, we all buy into it. But we thought we really do trust you and respect what you have to say. So can we put a couple of the things that he suggested to you to see whether or not they would be helpful or would work? Sure. One of the things he suggests the government needs to do is buy rapid DIY COVID tests to air freight the kits, distribute them through supermarkets, and then we could be self-testing in 48 hours. Is this available to us and would it work? Uh, not that I know of, and I'm not quite sure how that would work if we all sort of ran out to the supermarket and tested ourselves. Uh, I'm not sure, seeing how that might play out. So, no, I don't think that's a really a realistic option. It's certainly not going to help us at the moment. Have you heard much about the DIY tests in your experience? No, no. Look, I don't know much about DIY tests. Right. I'm sure they're going to have a place in the future, maybe like pregnancy tests. Yeah. But yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> not right now. Okay. Uh, buying more vaccines, especially the one dose type, which the you know which uh, which is AstraZeneca or Moderna, which is the one dose. It's the Janssen vaccine. Oh, the Janssen—that's what it is. You're right, the Janssen. Yeah. So, uh, should we have bought more vaccines of the of the one dose type? Well, we, we we've got some coming. Um, uh, no, I don't think so because you know you can have the one dose type, but but it's not as effective as two doses of the one we've got. So it, it's not going to get you further, you know, a lot, a lot further ahead. Uh, so not a lot of advantages in that, and also adds to the complexities of the rollout. Right. He also suggests that we give everyone their first dose in 30 days, which means using every available health resource, GP clinics, pharmacies, uh, district nurses, plunk at the lot and keep the vaccination centres open 24-7. Simon thinks that last bit as well. What do you think? Oh, wow. Well, um, I think we've thrown pretty much everything, including the kitchen sink at it, and, and you can't stop your basic services because then we're, you know, we're going to start opening up a whole host of other problems when people haven't you know, had their uh, screening or you know, other, other healthcare things that they need. So the other thing is that perhaps you don't understand that that vaccinators need to be trained. Um, so you've got to put all of those um, people through a, a training process and authorise them to give them the, give the vaccine. So uh, that's going to pose a problem too. And we've already got a pretty long queue there um, waiting to, uh, to vaccinate. So no, I don't think that, that that's really realistic either. Okay. Helen, in regards to the training, it does seem quite the process to get people able to vaccinate. Now, given... For the vaccine itself, you and I and James have spoken, I think it was a week or so ago, and with regards to getting the vaccine on the market, they did away with a lot of the red tape that would normally hold stuff back. They basically fast-tracked it. Couldn't we fast-track vaccinators to do away with some of the red tape so there's more people available to sh to jab? Yeah, I do agree. I agree there. I think um, that could have been streamlined better. I think there has been a lot of uh, administrative red tape holding up some of that process and a lot of frustration from the sector. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Okay. Now, and you will have um, seen the situation in Highbrook with the testing station. They're concerned that maybe five of the 732-odd people that were um, vaccinated that day, maybe five were given saline. 
So can we just ask you about that? Can you, your experience, saline, is that reconstituting the vaccine? So they dilute it down, do they? Is that what works? Yeah, when they when they thaw it out, yeah. you know, it's got a tiny bit of, of the um, vaccine and then um, the saline or salty water is added to that and the vial just tilted a little bit to mix and then that's your reconstituted vaccine. So you've got... Um, between five and seven doses available right. in those in those vials. Then, so how did it happen yeah. that maybe five people got saline and not the COVID vaccine? Well, I don't think they're even sure that 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 they did, and that there is a possibility that everybody did get the appropriate dose. Um, and it's really difficult to comment on on that further. Mm. Um, and and uh, so the worst case scenario is that there might be some uh, about five people that might not have got a full dose or, or a dose that might have got just got the saline. So who, so I don't know, but um, I guess the thing is, um, what do they do about it? And that's what they're clearly discussing at the moment. You know, and also it looks good. Um, it's pleasing to see they've implemented a whole lot of extra processes to make sure that something like this is less likely to happen again. But you've got to remember, even, even with the very best training and the best care, every now and again, errors do happen. Mm. Yeah, look, the, the interesting thing about this, uh, though, Karen, is that would they ever have just put saline into a vial and then drawn it out? You know, like there was, surely in those vials there was always some um, vaccine in there. It just doesn't seem to make Ag- sense. Agree, agree. So that that might not be what, what happened Um I don't think you know, I don't think it's it's clear exactly exactly what happened. They're just uh, I've only heard some potential scenarios to account for um, what they found. So yeah. okay, sorry sorry for calling you Karen. Can't, can't, specu- <laughs> can't speculate any further than that. You're <laughs> certainly not a Karen. Sorry. Helen, couple of quick questions to finish. The people that you know, is there any risk in giving them all another vaccine dose now because and if they don't find out who the five were. No, um, I, I mean, that's probably going to be, that, they'll be fine. And one of the things I think that, that's being looked into is, of course, we now have data um, for uh, a third dose as well and from some sites around the world. So I think that's the sort of thing that they, they want to get some data on that so that they can make a good recommendation for these people going forward. And last question, we've only got 30 seconds, but a number of people again texting about being pregnant, a number of weeks pregnant. Is the vaccine safe for pregnant women in your view? Yes, lots of data on pregnant women um, and it looks really, really safe and also really important because they're are at higher risk from this virus. Very good. Babies. Helen, you are great. Thank you so Thank much you. for your time. You're very welcome. Have Ma- a good day. And you too. Helen Patusas-Harris, vaccinologist with Auckland University.